Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The Jeep Wrangler 4xE. It's electrified, so you can boogie-woogie-woogie up a mountain, over creeks, or boogie-woogie-woogie through a desert, where you get bit by a pit viper. So you boogie-woogie-woogie back to camp and ask your friends if they'll suck the snake venom out. When they say no, you boogie-woogie-woogie to the nearest hospital for a dose of anti-venom and boogie-woogie-woogie your way to a full recovery. The electrified Jeep Wrangler 4xE. Learn more at jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Good morning, everybody. Talking Eternals. I mean, that trailer was something else, and we're going to break that down. James Bond doesn't look like there's going to be a series after all. Uh, I saw a, a Why the Last Man trailer. I knew that there was a series coming. I didn't realize how close it was. I was a massive fan of that graphic novel. We're going to talk about that. Um, there's a lot of things. The, the, the amount of money people the making sense that streaming is paying for, like, top-tier talent is paying off going to break down all that it's going to be a very special episode of the big thing today because i'm going this one alone um i'm going to do something i haven't done in a while and i'm just going to talk about the stories i think that are the most interesting in uh in the movie sphere right now well, and i guess in entertainment at the moment so i hope that you'll you'll join me and thanks for joining me over on the uh, the new show uh the new channel rather and let's get right into this let's start the big thing today on friday all right everybody it's the big thing i'm ready are you welcome back everybody one and all Whoa. to the big thing um yeah you know it's funny today I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, like I told you guys, I've been going through comments and responding to everybody. And thank you for everybody who's been leaving comments. Thank you to everybody who's been going on over to the uh, Apple Podcast, leaving your um, your reviews and your all of it. I've been paying attention, as you've seen on YouTube. I'm responding to, I'd say at least ninety percent. I mean, I, something slipped through the cracks. But uh, what I did notice is that there's, and I think I did a poll about what you guys want to hear, what you guys are interested in, in, in hearing and, and having us converse about. And, and it is that kind of off-the-cuff, shoot-the-shit stuff that you guys like, but with the, obviously talking about pop culture and the reason why you found us in the first place and whether it's the latest movies. And Koi Andrew is going to come on the show on Monday and uh, the, the, not spoiler, but a non-spoiler review of Shang-Chi the embargo lifts. He's going to join me on Monday to give his thoughts, break it down. I'm going to have questions. I'm going to have questions. You guys will have questions. Um, and we'll we'll get into, I want to talk to him about the Eternals 
trailer also, but I figured that's what I was going to do today was to go over the trailer that I saw with you guys, get your thoughts, comment, all of that. But I also was like, you know, if I'm going to be doing this show here today, I'm going to go through the websites that I usually check anyway and see what the latest and greatest is in, in, in news and what reaches out to me. And, and I'm going to talk about it with the audience and, and see what they think. Because why not? I've done that in a little bit. And I even got pictures today. I even put pictures together. I, I was like, I'm not just going to talk about it and and the way that I would with somebody else is here and just kind of go back and forth. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little more structured for you today and give you some pictures. You got pictures? Well, I got some pictures, and one of those said pictures is the Eternals trailer. Man, Eternals trailer came out, and I have to be honest, I didn't really know anything about this movie at all, except the fact that they announced it and what it was about i had no idea you know that when once once you start getting in a room with like koi jandrew and and all the the really the rileys and kalinowski's and chandrews and they're, they're they're breaking down all the uh what this is and that i i i get lost it's like you, you gotta you gotta i'll figure it out you know when i see the movie or the trailer at least and that's what happened and it starts out, this trailer starts out with Richard Madden, and who seems to be the star, the king of the north himself, and, uh, and Selma Hayek. And they're having this full-on conversation about after Thanos did what he did and Avengers brought everybody back, it, it set something off. It set something off, and it recreated the emergence, whatever the hell that means. But it, it, then you start to see, like, shit going down. And this thing is absolutely beautiful already because Chloe Zhao is, is directing it and she did the writer and I, I don't know how long you guys have been watching my reviews or things that I've been doing but I was I was pretty high on that movie when it um I wasn't high when I saw it but I was high on it at, in general I liked uh, I really dug that movie and I like what she's been doing with No Man Land and and she's just such a she's just such a very a really great storyteller and to see her in the in the budgets that she has been working at with and the notoriety she has gotten from those budgets alone, and now giving her a Marvel budget, and seeing because the opening of this trailer looks like one of her previous movies, and I think that was intentional to show you that that what this movie is going to look like when it's not at the grand scale things. You're going to get grand scale throughout this movie. Obviously, you see it in a lot of the trailer, um, but man, it 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 sets up stakes right away. Now I don't know exactly what Selma Hayek is and I'm sure maybe some of you do and no I I feel like you know with she's been playing a lot of villains lately so I don't know if she's gonna wind up being uh one of the big bads I've I have no idea I don't know what what her character is you probably someone will tell me in the comments if it's already been announced I'm sure I'm sure but she's having this conversation with Richard Madden and he says well how long do we have seven days brother that's it you got seven days, so our stakes are set, we know, and then they got to start tracking down the rest of the Eternals, and this is what I was talking about where I didn't know a lot about it, but I, I think they did a very good job in this trailer of explaining, well, here, here's the deal. These Eternals have been around for thousands of years, 7,000 years, I think they said. Um, they've been around, they've been looking over, they've been protecting people, they get involved when it's, uh, when it's time to get involved, when, uh, when the deviants are involved, that's when they get involved. Because Jon Snow, I love that both Jon Snow and the King of the North are in this movie. So right away, you got me. Whether they team up or they fight each other, whatever it might be, 
because he seems to be the one that that is the the character we're really going to follow because Richard Madden is already he's already in the tournament. He's he's locked in. He knows what he does. He knows his powers. He's got a cyclops eye shoots. Um, so you know he's he's doing he's doing his thing. It looks like that that Kit Harrington is the one who is discovering more about himself and he's asking the questions of how can we guys, I love that line of, uh, why did you get involved with Dana? So I actually of any of the bad shit that's happened before. And she's like, well, we're, we're instru- instructed not to, to do that. And he goes, by who? And then we see a shot of not Galactus. Aha, I'm not going to say it because I've been watching what's going on. That ain't me. I'm not getting, I'm not getting pelted in the head with tomatoes, but I will also tell you, I'm not going to also dive in to pretend that I remember who the hell they said it was. Um, I know it's not The Watcher. That's Jeffrey Wright from What If. But anyway, whoever it is, tell them don't get involved. Do not get involved. Don't get involved with the normals. But the rest, and I like this kind of Fellowship of the Ring thing that they have to do, right? This is like such a mixture of like an independent film with sword and sandals. The epic, the music alone has like a Troy feel to it. Um, James Horner type of thing in the beginning of it, which I thought was pretty pretty sweet, uh, and um, and yeah, they just they just talk about how they can interfere, and they start recruiting, and then you see Angelina Jolie, and I really like what they did with Angelina Jolie here because I think so far in the trailer, again, I haven't seen the film, assuming most of you have not, but when I was nervous about with the casting of Angelina Jolie was that it was going to be all right, well, this is going to now be an Angelina Jolie starring movie because she's not going to let it let anyone take, you know, front and center over her. And that's not a that's not really fair to say, but you just think when you, you think of it's the stigma of the movie star in general, right? Because it doesn't seem like that's the case in this at all. Seems like whether it's Richard Madden or 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 or, um, or Kit Harrington, they seem to be the the overall the two leads in this particular movie, but. What they did show of Angelina Jolie, I liked, and I've seen her. We've seen her play this type of character before. The like, even the, even the skeptical hello, and then you see her kind of fighting side by side, whatever that beast is. I like that scene. That's the type of stuff I like seeing her do. I think that she's going to be great in that role. I like being able to see when a movie star, especially someone who's as talented of an actress as she is, can play and step back a second, go, you know what? I'm going to elevate this role. It's probably a juicy role, and say. Well, what does this character do? What is the mythology? What does that do? And 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 add to that story and be one of the Eternals. And I dug that. I like I like the way that they're they're utilizing her so far in the trailer, um, because it seems like everybody this is like an ensemble thing, which is great. It's another end of the world scenario, which is common in in a lot of superhero films. But this new phase of of Marvel because we've got to start getting used to new peeps. Long gone is uh, is Steve Rogers, and we'll get into Anthony Mackie signing on for Captain America Four. We'll play into that in just a just a little bit, just a little bit. But um, but yeah, there's there's it's Shang Chi, Shang Chi, excuse me. Um, there's all these new Marvel series. There, I think that what they've set up so far in this new phase of Marvel speaks to me a little bit more. In my interest in sci-fi and the sword and sandals and the that, that and the martial arts, like this phase seems to be something I'm going to be very interested in. I've not got an opportunity to see Chang Chi yet. I'm uh, I'm really watching a lot of these movies the same way a lot of people are watching these movies, and I'm going to wait for it either on uh, whether it comes out 
on uh, on digital. I know a, a lot of people are going to see them in theaters also, but I'm just I haven't been going to the screenings. I haven't been doing that for a lot of movies. Uh, it's just it's hard for me to do with my schedule right now and and picking and choosing and all that. And trust me, I see all you guys breaking balls about Suicide Squad and and I almost did it last night, but instead. Watch the Phantom Menace because we're doing a a full kind of deep dive rewatch on all the Star Wars movies. So I wanted to make sure that I I committed to that and I, I watched Phantom Menace last night. So if you didn't know, today on this channel, around uh, three or four p.m. around three p.m., we're going to be dropping the first. It's going to be myself and Steph Sabra, and we're going to be going over the, the the Phantom Menace. But anyway, so just jumping back into the the this new phase of Marvel. This kind of signified to me what I'm looking forward to in this, and 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 honestly, not even just this, from Loki and with all the parallel universe and and everything that they did there, the variants and that's kind of shit that I think about all the damn time. So I'm I'm pretty locked into the direction that it's going. Um, I'm looking forward to the movie. I know that Black Widow was a little bit more of the old face, and I liked the old stuff. I mean the. The the superhero genre to me is I, I think it's silly when people say it's dying it's tired it's just is, is is thriller dying is horror dying is is you know and it's also silly to say because these movies are making hand over fist I just think that people are I don't know this like film purists who don't like superhero films and they think they killed the business I I happen to think the opposite I think because of streaming and all of that I think streaming is the place for movies that used to be able to used to put a, a movie in the theater that costs thirty or forty million dollars and you'd be sweating bullets just going, holy shit, I hope someone fucking sees this thing. We're not gonna be able to make it. It's a passion project. I love it so much. Or twenty million dollars, right? And it's like I want it so hard. It's such a great movie. I really want to see it. It's a limited release because no one's gonna see it. Not today. Not today. You put it on streaming and millions of people see it. And it goes out there. And I, I understand, but it's not supposed to be like that. Movies are supposed to be seen in the theater. You gotta accept change, man. If you want people to see your 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 movie, I'm 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 all for a double release, like you know, releasing a movie in the theater the same time that you release it on streaming. Um, I think that that's for for the smaller movies as well. I know that they're doing it for big budget, and there's a big debate on it because of um, I think that's a whole other thing with big budgets and how they got to they got to trim down budgets now with the with streaming and what the pandemic's done to to theater releases and all that it'll change it always changes it always changes but um as far as the smaller movies go man um i think that streaming obviously has helped it out tremendously because you making independent films back in the day it's hard to do because you didn't know where anybody was going to see it now you make an independent film and you get it you get it in a theater but then amazon wants to pick it up you're gonna get a lot of eyes on your on your film man and you're gonna get and you're gonna benefit a little bit more monetarily than you would in the past so understanding that people who get into movies want people to see their movies on the big screen. That's why they got into it. That's why when they were kids, they, they, they imagined people looking at their movies, sitting in the theater, having popcorn, watching it, and not all those people are into the superhero, Star Wars, all that stuff, and they're like, well, I don't want just people to watch my movie on TV. I want people to see it in the, in the big screen, right? And not even necessarily, and, and even big-budget movies that aren't in that genre. Look at Denis Villeneuve with, uh, with Dune and what he's been saying lately. Um I don't necessarily agree with all of his comments, but I understand where they're coming from. He's talking about um, the fact that he just does he just doesn't want anybody to watch his movie He's, uh, uh, on TV. He just doesn't think that it's it's that's meant for it. And a movie like that, I really want to see that in the theater. But 
you know, um, I'm just not ready to do it right now. And I know by the time that comes out, maybe I will be comfortable. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, let's let's jump a little bit. Let's jump just a little bit, and we're gonna we're gonna move on over from the Eternals. By the way, and this cast of the Eternals, it's fantastic. It's really good. Such a great cast. And um, well, it's interesting that that Kit Harrington's not even in that picture. I wonder if that's because he hadn't been announced by the time they made that, or I don't even know if that's official. Either way, I thought it was a pretty cool photo. Pretty awesome. Um, the other thing that was pretty big that I saw that was announced was yesterday. Is it, was it yesterday? I don't know. I said Anthony Mackie is um, is pretty close to um, to signing a deal with uh, to make him uh, Captain America, Captain America Four, which would again make a whole lot of sense. If you've watched uh, Winter Soldier, I thought that transition was pretty good because of the way that they ended it in Endgame when Cap gives him the shield. They're like, all right, well, here it is, Captain America 4, boom, and just going to start with him as Captain America. And that certainly wasn't the case. I thought the transition and the writing on the way that they – and, the, and the, the tones, and I thought that was the most powerful series as far as tones and what's going on in the world right now. Um, I really enjoyed that series. Thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty, pretty damn good, and I thought Mackie was pretty fantastic in it. The report is that he's uh, he's pretty close to signing for a uh, fourth Captain America film. And at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, he he took on the mantle. And I'm reading this from Dark Horizons, this report. In April, it came out that the show's creator, Malcolm Spellman, was developing the fourth film for Marvel Studios with Mackie Sam Wilson taking over. And now Spellman and, and Dallin Musen have been locked to write the script while Carrie Scoglin will direct. This comes from the, the Hollywood Reporter, apparently. Um, yeah, I mean, this. I, I think, I don't really think anybody, after, if anybody's too surprised by this, right? I mean, I guess the other surprise, not surprise, but the other thing that would make sense is that they just said, well, we're not going to do a movie, we're just going to continue on like three or four seasons, and Anthony Mackie will just be in, in this series. It'll be, it's not Falcon and Winter Soldier anymore, it's Captain America and Winter Soldier and whatever it might be. I, I, I don't know. And they very well might still do that with the series, but tacking on movies with it. And I think that that's what streaming has done, man. Streaming has just changed the game as far as releases with movies. and change. I mean, look at Star Wars and what Star Wars done with done. I, I always use the Obi-Wan series as the example because Obi-Wan was the... Um, was a script. It was a full-on script that was going to get made. Uh, the dude who directed Billy Elliot was going to direct it. It was. It was. It was done. It was. A, it was a script that was finished. It heard about it. There things that were going on. It was supposed to. The rumors of what was supposed to be in the damn thing, and it all seemed pretty, pretty great. Um, and I think it's funny because I don't. I don't really necessarily agree why that movie was pulled back, but I'm happy that it was because uh, to me, the, a series for that particular movie is or that particular character, I think, is the way to go, the development of, of what it is. I think cramming it in for two hours is is tough, and I don't want to see a trilogy of Star Wars movies really ever again, to be honest. I know a lot of people disagree, disagree with me on that, but that's just how I feel. Standalone movies, tying into what we're talking about here with Captain America 4, is that you can... Captain America is a little bit different, obviously, because it ties into the overall mythology of what has happened with the the shield and the mantle and from Steve Rogers to 
um, to Anthony Mackie's character. And, and, uh, and I think that being able to connect it to the series on Disney+, Plus, rewarding the audience who's watched it, but you also got to be careful that you don't lose the audience who hasn't, right? So it's like a slippery slope. It's like, do you, do you want to, basically, when you put Captain America 4 out there, do you want to say to the audience, hey, look, I know that you're wondering, well, how did all this go down? He's Captain America. How did it all go down? Some people who haven't in the series will just automatically assume, well, he got the shield from Steve Rogers at the end of uh, Captain America, sorry, at the end of Endgame, and, and, that's, and, and it continued on. Which is smart if you think about the way that they, they overall did this because you're not going to lose people because they just thought he had the shield and that was it. It's your buddy who watched all the, the episodes goes, well, actually, no, he didn't, he didn't keep it. He gave it back. And then he went on this whole side mission with Bucky and all this stuff went down. And it's pretty interesting. You should, you know, if you really love this movie, I did. I loved it. It was great. If you want to see what happened, you should, you should consider that, uh, that Disney Plus subscription, man. It's pretty, it's pretty good. And that's what they're probably trying to, trying to do. They're trying to get people in that way which i think is a smart way and i think that's what they're going to start doing with star wars and i think that this plan that they have with star wars of going through these series that really connect and that 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 love that people have of the overall lore lore of star wars the connectivity and and the adventure you're going to get all that with with the series and i think that now they're so they can they can kind of put their arms back and go let's just do a one-off let's have some fun patty jenkins take this let's do a let's do a cool series and top gun in space and and not really worry about uh, any of the 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 lore that we knew from beforehand let's create our own for this if it does well we'll do a sequel if not if you didn't have that much fun then we'll we'll, we'll move on and we'll continue on with the tv series um and marvel has this plan that i think is playing in pretty well and so you know Captain America 4, Anthony Mackie, I'm into it. I dig it. Well, you, know, you know what you guys should dig? I've been talking to you guys about this for a bit. Cuts, man. These shirts are phenomenal. Fantastic. I love them. I wear them to show off uh, the muscles I do not have. Because uh, if you're hustling for a promotion, if you're working on your golf swing, it's not a very good golf swing. You're just chilling with your friends. Cuts clothing keeps you feeling good. And you look sharp. And you need to look sharp. You walk around, you say, ha, look at you. You look good. And you know why that is? Because you're wearing cuts. And to mark the five years of creating clothing that can be dressed up or down for anything, cuts is having a month-long anniversary celebration. I love it. I did not even know about cuts until they sent it to me. And I said, let me try it. And it's, oh my goodness. My wife was looking at me like she did years ago. And then I took it off and she was not. I put it back on. And she was. So I said, okay, I'm going to keep doing cuts and then the sponsor of the show. And I said, well, let me find out some more about the cuts. Well, the founder, Steve Borelli, is set out to create clothes for every occasion for the modern man and what he faces. Since then, cuts has become the Telsa of T-shirts. They got hoodies, they got polos, sweatshirts, and a lot more. It's very buttery soft, the signature shirt that they have, the Pika. It is pro tri-blend tea, and it's cozy, so cozy. I love it. Here's what you do. You get ready, and you stay ready for any occasion with clothes that combine classic design, universally flattering fits, and the next-level textile technology. GQ magazine, I love them. They're good. They call this the classic Pika Pro tri-blend tea. They said this is the only shirt that is worth wearing. 
Now, the cut hoodie features specially developed Habaloop French terry fabric. It's a material that is temperature controlled and ageless. It is a premium shirt. This month marks the cut's five year anniversary, and they're doing it big with two collection drops a product launch and the week long special event. Join the celebration and get 15% off of site-wide by going to cutsclothing.com slash live. Did you hear that? Now do it again. That's cutsclothing.com, C-U-T-S, cutsclothing.com slash live. You get 15% off and access to anniversary events all month long. Do it. Come on. Thank you, Ronald. It's very nice of you. Um, you should get it, though. Cuts is fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, what else we got going on? I'm enjoying this. How about you guys? Do you like this? You, should I do this or or no? Do you just me me by myself once is enough? But I think I don't know. Maybe one maybe once every once in a while, maybe once a month, breaking down the the stories that I dig and just kind of having a conversation about it and a little more structured, a little less uh, chaotic, and just figuring out what 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 the latest and greatest is in in news. That was kind of my that was my thought process behind it. But I don't know. You guys tell me. You're always pretty honest. You tell me if you like it or not. And and I think for it, it was funny the other day. And I guess maybe this this kind of maybe set something off in me to to try to do it. Also, was I saw a comment that asked if if one of the shows could be a little more structured. And I said, well, you know, what do you mean as far as structure goes? And they're like, well, it just it just seems very conversational, and that's it. And I was like, well, it, that's kind of the purpose of this particular show. And the guy the guy was very respectful it was a, it was a very nice conversation that he was having he just i don't think he really had realized that it was a it was meant for a podcast listening a lot of people listen to this show at the gym or on the road or, or that type of thing and um and he had he had referenced john campy's show and i said i said no look john's show is john is kind of pioneer of a lot of this stuff what he does he's got a well-structured movie news show that's not my show um it's not what I'm what I'm gonna do? I've always wanted to do the the morning radio talk show type thing for so you guys um, could have a, a a podcast to listen to and and whether you tell me that you agree or you disagree and, and we have conversation that that's the type of thing I wanted to do. But listen, to this guy, I was like, you know, I it's not that I'm always like throwing the the fork down, going I don't want to do this. I don't like movies anymore. And it's not the case. I love movies. Always will love movies. Um, and I said, there's a lot of stories out there that I do want to talk about. So maybe I just do a show where it's, you know, find the stories that, that sound pretty interesting and, and, and we, we talk about it together. So that guy kind of inspired me. So I want to thank that guy. I should probably have his name, but I, I didn't. But it's on the last, uh, it's on the last um, episode that we did with me and Brett. So if you guys are on here and you see that comment, go back and tell that guy, hey, man, you inspired a whole, full, a whole full show. Or hell, maybe I'll do it too. Why not? Let's be a, a fun community together. Um, you know, this is the uh, the other thing I was going to mention today. I don't want to talk to you guys. I watched this. I watched this show uh, last night, and it was um, on Hulu. It's this Nine Perfect Strangers show by David E. Kelly. Did you guys watch any of this? It's um, and I I don't I don't know, Black Lotus, White Lotus. I can't remember the one that was just on HBO Max. I watched the first episode. It, it had a Similar feel to me, as far as that goes. I think less less comedic, even though Melissa McCarthy's in it, and Rebe- and Regina Hall, and there's some really great actors in this. Man, I mean, this is kind of getting into this story that I was gonna 
bring up in a second about this high-priced talent that you're getting in these shows now. And obviously, it's David E. Kelly. He's able. He's got. He's got the props. He's got the rep. People are gonna want to do his stuff. And I think he just did that show with Nicole Kidman. I think the one with him and uh, her and you, Grant, um, was David E. Kelly. I thought it was at least. But either way, look at this. I mean, look at this cast: Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy, Michael Shannon, Regina Hall, Luke Evans, Bobby Carnavale. Bobby Carnavale is great in this show so far. I've only seen the first episode. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this show. It's it's essentially. This group goes on um, this retreat, and it's Nicole Kidman. She's this Russian lady. She's got, a, well, I guess, half Russian or is Russian, but the accent's fading or dialogue coach gave up. I don't know, but either way. Um, and all these people are there, and they're, they don't really know why they're there. They're all rich people. They all signed up to go to this thing, and... And they're trying to figure out. She's like this mystical woman, and they're like, "Well, is this is this is she is she for real?" You know what? Also, hold on, I'm gonna take a break here. I'm gonna telemarketer call. See if this. Oh, damn it! I waited too long. Um, but anyway, the 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 show itself, this nine perfect strangers. My, I wanted to check it out, and as you see, that all is not well. It's there's like a mystery behind it. It's like, well, what is she, what is she? Is she kooky? You find the story about why she runs this whole thing, and. But Melissa McCarthy is kind of the, the the focus. She's a writer that has been going through some, uh, whether it's a breakup and her career is kind of on the on the outs, and and she's she's almost on the verge of like a mental breakdown, right? And she she goes there and she's trying to get herself better. And the only one, the only character so far that I think is the the really nice one is Regina Hall's character. She just seems like a nice, pure woman. Um, Luke Evans has some demons. It looks like Bobby Carnivale is the the one who plays a character named Tony that I'm that I to me I'm like all right uh what's this guy all about there's some stuff there Michael Shannon is is like the family man but he's kind of a guy who won't won't stop talking but I'm I'm intrigued you know do, do, I, do I say that I that I love this show not yet I was I was intrigued I cared about the characters enough that I wanted to keep on watching and and say all right let's let's see where this goes but it it carried on to this conversation of um that I saw, and it was Garth Franklin over at Dark Horizons wrote this thing. He's talking about how the 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 whether it's the streaming, whether it's t- TV and movies, and for streaming, it's they're able to they they're paying top dollar to get to get really good talent. You know, it's like you remember, well, maybe you don't, all don't remember, but it was very taboo for film actors to do TV. Like that was like it was like TV. You do TV. I'm a movie star. Well, that ain't the case anymore. You look at you look at all these people that are doing like these big. It's a, it's 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 big business, and it goes back to what we were just talking about in the previous segment. Is that you get um, you get these the Martin Scorsese and you get these directors that are putting out these movies and 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 just independent films, big names. I mean, David E. Kelly is a big name in general from TV. And now he's able to get the, these big, massive kind of t- uh, movie stars also. And just great talent, man. I mean, like Michael Shannon and uh, uh, Luke Evans, Bonnie, Bobby Carnavale, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, to me, seems to be in a, a new hit show. Every, like, five months, she's in something. She's always popping up in, in new TV shows. She's, she's got she's very smart career. 
Um, so I guess it was Variety that did this report, actually. Here, here's I'm going to read some of this article, and I want I want you guys, and I'll I'll give you that image of the of the talent again, so you can so you can see it. But uh, the the old approach of smaller upfront fees in exchange for profit part participation and major back end deals is going the way of the dodo, replaced by more conventional and bigger straight upfront salaries. Now. Variety has done a new report on this change and revealed the salaries of some of the biggest stars, whether it's Daniel Craig, who tops the list with James Bond star set to earn a $100 million paycheck for the next two Knives Out films, which I guess are going to be just Netflix, right? They're going to be Netflix movies, which is, I think, very smart. Others scored high numbers by having existing back-end deals brought out by a streaming service. Dwayne Johnson... Rock scored $30 million up front for Netflix's Red Notice with a further $20 million to potentially come when the back end is settled. Will Smith, Denzel Washington, they grabbed $40 million each for HBO Max's King Richard and The Little Things. And Michael B. Jordan snagged $15 million for Without Remorse. There is big budget money in, in, uh, in streaming, man. Netflix is certainly a big upfront player on its films. Leonardo DiCaprio was given $30 million. And Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence, $25 million for Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. Mark Wahlberg landed $30 million for Spencer Confidential. Julia Roberts is getting $25 million for Leave the World Behind. And Ryan Gosling is getting $20 million for The Gray Man. The business is changing, ladies and gentlemen. Changing big time because of what streaming is now. Uh, that's not to say traditional the theatrical titles aren't handing out the dough. $20 million paychecks are, are set to be handed out to Sandra Bullock for The Lost City of D., I don't see that. Now, I think that's a mistake, and I'll talk about that in a second. Chris Hemsworth for Thor, Love, and Thunder. That makes sense. Brad Pitt for Bullet Train with those potentially having back-end deals. Okay, maybe the back-end deals I understand, but $20 million paychecks for Sandra Bullock and Brad Pitt now for those movies? I don't know. That goes back to what people are going to see. Top Gun in Top Gun Maverick. Okay, and Keanu Reeves in The Matrix 4, both getting $13 million up front and likely major back-end deals from box office and producing deals. Chris Pine is getting $11.5 million for Dungeons & Dragons, while Pattinson is getting a fairly economical $3 million for the Batman. But film isn't where the money is at. Chris Pratt is reportedly pulling in $1.4 million per episode for Amazon sci-fi series The Terminal List, and Jeff Bridges landed $1 million per episode for FX's The Old Man. The next tier sees Brian Cranston for Showtime's Your Honor, Kate Winslet for HBO's Mayor of Easttown, and the three returning Sex in the City co-stars for HBO, and just like that, snagging $650,000 to $750,000 each. Um, yeah, man. Like, this is, it's just, I think this is the beginning, you know, it's the beginning of how, how people are doing business, how they're figuring it all out, and how it overall works with, when we used to talk about how the streaming wars, it was just Netflix's game for a while. That was it. And that is not the case anymore. And there's competition creates big business. I always compare everything to wrestling, but like your WCW versus WWF back in the day, the wrestling business boomed because instead of the WWF at, in the mid-90s had no competition and the product was getting stale. WCW comes along finds a new way to, to do things and change things and makes it a little bit more um, adult, um, young adult friendly. And I'm going to say that, like, you know, college kids and all that shit. Uh, and then WWE basically took their style and started changing it up. And they went to the Attitude Era and they changed it. And the wrestling business in the late 90s became massive. And 
Vince McMahon was able to buy the WCW because he just made better moves and, and it became because of the Monday Night Wars. And But it was because of that competition, the wrestling business just went like super global. Um, and that's what's happening now with streaming. Because you go to any platform and you'll find quality quality stuff. Whether you go to Apple, you got Ted Lasso, right? And there's a bunch of other shows too. But I mean, looking over there, you got Ted Lasso, you got this, this show with... Uh, Mr. Corman, or whatever it's called, the one with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You got all these high-profile people. You got the morning show over there, and then Netflix has countless amounts of shows. We know about Netflix, Disney Plus now with all the Marvel and Star Wars and other things they're doing, and plus all the kids' movies and everything that they have there, the streaming. Um, but then whether you, you – Hulu, we just mentioned, Hulu's been able to pull in all this stuff, and, and I know Hulu and, and Disney's ABC is the same shit, but, but still it's just another streaming service. And I have that package, so that's easier for me on my end. But now you got you got Peacock, you got Paramount Plus. Um, like I don't, the, I don't even understand why cable. How how much longer cable holds on for? I have no idea. It's it's so obsolete at the moment. And network TV, network TV is the the reason why they still are hanging on at all. Is certainly there's there are certain shows, single camera shows that are like Blackish is, is is working and and there's and there's a few of those shows that still work that audiences are still checking out, but it's it's not like it used to be. Because there's you have like these mini movies that you can do on streaming and you can even the show I was watching last night with the the, the per, nine perfect strangers. It's like I, I forgot like at one point someone Luke Evans drops like an F bomb or something and I'm I don't know why I can't say fuck on this show. I can't. Um, but he did. And I went for a second. I'm like, oh, I thought I was watching network television. I said, I don't know why I felt. I don't watch network television anymore. And everything is just. And it wasn't that. It wasn't profanity everywhere on the show. But it was just that. It just fit for the for the moment. And it worked. But I was like, oh, yeah. It just made me start thinking about this stuff. Because it's just that you don't you don't have the handcuffs of network TV, and and then that's why there's so much big business in it, whether it's with sponsors and and more subscriptions and and all of that. So it makes a lot of sense that you try to get these big, huge, this big huge talents, and I actually think that it benefits actors nowadays. You know, I don't I I don't understand when you get some of the people who are come out there that are I, I never understand. Like it's it's totally all right and makes sense. If you're not a fan of the big budget superhero Star Wars, Star Trek, DC, if you're not a fan of that stuff, then but if you're an actor or director, I don't understand why you publicly say stuff. I, I just don't get it. Like Bill Maher's an, an idiot, you know. Bill, Bill, when it, when it comes to that kind of stuff, he he does it to push buttons, and he knew once he said it the first time, he he doubled down on it because he knew he was going to get more press on it. You know, he, he plus I'm going to hurt him. It benefits him because he's just a guy that's going to go out there and talk whatever he's going to talk on his show and, and you get more people to cover it and more people check out the clip. And to him, that, 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 that makes sense. Um, but if you're a director, you're like uh, Stephen Dorff comes to mind, right? It's like, I love Stephen Dorff. I think he's a great actor. He was in Blade. Like coming out and talking about Scarlett Johansson. He won't, he won't even watch Black Widow because it's embarrassing. It's like, what, what are you doing? Like what, what's, what's the point of it? Say that behind closed doors. I don't get it. Like, well, he shouldn't uh, hold himself back and, 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 and be censored. Yeah, I just I just don't know why it makes sense. I just don't know why it makes sense, especially with the social media shit and what we do. I, I don't know. But who knows? I don't know shit. A um, couple other things. Again, you guys thinking about the show? You enjoying the show? You like the show? You like talking uh, movies with me? I like talking movies with you guys too. I mentioned Daniel Craig. 
James Bond. Another thing I saw is there's a lot of rumors about a James Bond TV series. Um, apparently, they're saying, don't count on it, kids, because No Time to Die, it's not even out in the movies yet. Daniel Craig is gone from James Bond. He's already doing all the strain, the, the, the Knives Out movies. And so we're going to find a new Bond. Who's going to be the new Bond? We don't know. And heading on over once again to DarkHorizons.com, uh, they're talking about now the Bond franchise is kind of uh, at a crossroads, especially with Bond's co-owner, MGM, in the midst of being bought by Amazon. Now, where the franchise goes is anybody's guess. And speaking to Total Film recently through producer Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson are reluctant, reluctant to discuss the future until No Time to Die has its hand, excuse me, has had its time in the sun. And this is what Broccoli says. I'm not doing it. It's tough to think about the future until this film has its moment. I think we just really want to celebrate on this and and celebrate Daniel. And then when the dust settles, then look at the landscape and figure out what the future is. Although I think one thing we've certainly learned in the last 18 months is you never know what the future is. So we have to sit down and think about it. One thing that they don't have to think about is whether or not the future includes TV series. That's a big no from Broccoli and Wilson saying we make films. We make films for the cinema. That's what we do. He then adds, we've, re- we, we've resisted that call for 60 years. I think that's a massive mistake. Talk about that in a second. One person who will happily help the pair out is Martin Campbell. The filmmaker helped launch Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig's tenure with GoldenEye and Casino Royale, respectively, delivering two of the best films in the franchise in the process. Agreed. Out doing promotional rounds for the protege this week, Campbell was asked by Collider if he would consider returning to direct the next film. He seemed keen on it and obviously gets along well with the producers. Oh, yeah, I would definitely consider that. Oh, yeah. I enjoy doing Bond. And also, the two producers, are they're great to work with. You're pretty much given a free hand to everybody obviously participates in the script. And Casino, I had Paul Haggis, who did a terrific job with the script. He did the final draft. But the two producers are great to work with. And if they don't interfere at all... And if they think you're on the right track, everything else, they just let you do what you got to do. They support you all the way. It's a very enjoyable experience. Well, that part of it is good to hear. And look, Bond movies are going to be around forever. It is, it is a part of cinema. It is, it is absolutely, it's been a tradition. It's been one of those movies that's been, it, it's lucky in the fact that it can go from actor to actor to actor, from five, three, four, five films, and then replace them with another actor. That's part of the tradition now. That's not easy to do with franchises. I mean, you couldn't do that with like look at look at Solo. Well, you know Harrison Ford was Solo, and now let's try somebody else. And I, again, I think uh, he did a good job, the kid. But it's not it's not the same. It didn't it didn't transfer into success and a and a continuous success of of new movies. And same thing goes with Indiana Jones. Will that happen? It's going to be tough to see if they can transfer over. They, you know, they're getting Harrison Ford back at almost eighty years old. So what James Bond has been able to do is. It's crazy that they were able to do this for since the 60s, from Sean Connery all the way until now with Daniel Craig. So all of that is, well, we know. We're going to see movies. We'll, we'll, we'll celebrate whoever the next Bond is. We're going to enjoy the next Bond, whether he's, whether he's good, whether he's bad, whether who, who, and then we'll move on to the next Bond and the next Bond and the next Bond. It'll continue to go on. That, it's not going to stop, nor should it. I push back against the idea of the, well, we're, never, we're, we're making movies. We're not doing, we're not doing TV. That's that's not what we do. I think that goes back to the previous conversation. I think people inside of these two producers who are legendary have been around forever. What they see is 
And they said they've been taking, they've been pushing away that phone call for years. Well, you were pushing away that phone call in a very different time in television. You were pushing away a phone call when the budgets were so low that it would have looked cheesy, it wouldn't have fit the vision, it wouldn't have worked, it wouldn't look cinematic, and you were right for turning it down. Today, that's not the case. Today, you're, you'll be able to do even more stuff with Bond, even more stuff leading into very similar to what we're talking about with Marvel and, and Star Wars and whatever, continuing on, doing side adventures, leading into a movie that will ultimately, I think, bring more success to a movie if you're leading up to it, uh, whoever that Bond might be, and you connect him into that series, whether it's... Imagine the, the, this... To me, I think... Uh, well, it would obviously be Amazon if Amazon bought it, but an Amazon television series, I always thought Apple would probably be a good place for Bond, but... but and I think... Wasn't that the case at one point? I think they were looking at it. But, um, but a television series for Bond with the kind of budget that we were just talking about in the last story, it wouldn't look cheesy. They'd get a really great actor. They'd get a great cast. I think that maybe it's taboo for them because of when they came up and when they and when they started making Bond and when they what they've been through throughout all the years is that like the comment alone when we make movies it's like yeah but, you, but it's changed nah it hasn't changed I can't even imagine what the conversation is like in the room because they're old school um, is it going to hurt the Bond franchise no it's going to you're going to continue to make movies and you're going to continue to do it and they're laughing and rolling over in cash whenever they want to. So they don't they don't have to do a series. And if they want to put their feet down and say, no, we're not doing TV, I just think it's the wrong way to look at it because TV's not the way that it was. I was never, if you guys found me back in the day, I was never a TV person first. I've become a TV person first because I just think that there's, because my, my problem with TV back in the day is that there was just, it. I always used to go to sci-fi and browse around on the sci-fi channel and look and say, all right, well, what's, this, this is the kind of stuff I really like. And some of the stories are like, oh, man, if there was like, better quality and better acting and better writing, and, and like this could be something. I remember when the Flash Gordon TV series came out. I was so excited. That thing was terrible. It looked shitty. It looked, and I was like, ugh. And I remember from when Battlestar came out, I was like, oh, man, this is another, another shit fest. And Battlestar still does not get the recognition that it should. I know a lot of people love it, and I know a lot of people talk about it all the time, but not in the way that I believe that they should. Battlestar is was doing back in what 2004 or whatever it is 2003 2004 they were doing then what series are doing now making things look like a big budget movie and big and really great acting and and complex stories and all that for sci-fi and and that was pretty revolutionary at the time you watch that pilot that movie and it's just it's groundbreaking um but yeah, man, I just think it's a it's just a it's a different time, and I I'm I've I've really invested myself into into television now, and I like I like hooking on to these characters and seeing and you know I'm all for movies. If there's like a movie I really want to see, like I'm like Dune, but Dune is an example. Dune's gonna have a TV series. Hell yeah, hell yeah, because I think the thing with Dune is what gives Dune an out here is. I'm crossing my fingers that that movie really does well. I'm worried that because of it's not it's not a known IP and people don't really understand it. And if it's not if you're not connected, you're not one of those people. You got to remember, not everybody's like us. Not everybody rushes to the internet to watch the trailer for Dune. My buddy John Pinto back at home is a massive movie fan, massive, and he's probably gonna and he and he'll probably he goes to the movies with with his family and does this stuff. But I don't know if he's seen the trailer. You know, a lot, of, a lot of the things that people don't really talk about right now is that even though trailers are 
viewed millions and millions and million times over, right? There are a lot of casual fans that, that, that don't see it. And that's a lot of times why movies don't necessarily do well because a lot of times people still get their trailers from going to the movies. And for the last year and a half, that hasn't been a, that hasn't been a thing. Um, but to watch, uh, to see if my friend has, has, has seen it, has seen if he's, if he has checked out Dune, I'm, I'm curious, because I really want it to do well. I want that movie to do well because it, it'll connect into that series, and I think that if it doesn't do well, they'll still have the series, and HBO Max will have a series, and they can continue on with Dune. So, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm pretty, uh, pretty excited about it, but the last show that, or last thing I want to talk about today that I didn't have an opportunity to really talk about at all um, is this, man. Why the last man? Okay. So, if uh, Why the Last Man is probably my favorite graphic novel that I've ever read, right? Or, or, and I remember when I was at Warner Brothers, somebody gave it to me to read. And I read it, and I just could not put it down. And I remember thinking, oh, and, you know, back in the day, there was no streaming services. There was none of this. Like, when are they going to make a movie? When are they going to make a movie? And there was, you know, Shia LaBeouf was going to do it, and um, there was going to be a lot of, uh, there was, something was going to happen. Something was going to happen with this, with this movie. And then it just, nothing happened with it. Then I heard it was going to be a TV series, and then I was like, oh, where did it go? What happened? So watching this, I, I, and I, Hadn't heard about it, talked about it. I haven't been as locked in as everybody else, so you all probably already knew that the series was coming out. I did not. I had no idea. All I saw was a trailer because I was watching this thing on Hulu last night with my wife, and Diane Lane pops up. I'm like, well, what's this? It's like another like zombie movie. What the hell is this? And she starts talking. I like Diane Lane a lot. Woman never ages, by the way. Um, just an incredibly, incredibly gorgeous, gorgeous woman and super super talented love uh love diane lane watching her um i'm going what is this thing and i'm like this is really interesting and then it's like why the last man and i was like wow i like geeked out my wife's like what 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 i'm like i, I did not know and then it's a september and i'm like what so now this is easily one of my most anticipated series i cannot wait to watch this series i am so excited about this series I cannot wait to see how they transfer it over. Um, I might go back and revisit the, the the material because I haven't read it in so long. I forgot a lot about it. I think it's a monkey. I didn't see the monkey in the trailer, but I have to go back and watch the trailer again. I'm probably going to watch the trailer again after this show. But, man, that has jumped. And I guess it's an overall theme of today's show, right? Um couple years ago 10 years ago whatever it was i would have said yeah i can't wait for the movie show me the movie and someone said well, what if it was a tv series i'm like i don't know about a movie sign me up all day for a tv series for why the last man because of how complex it is and how long it can go on i think why the last man could be a massive hit if people catch it right if people are able to I, and i haven't someone and it's amazing how everything's kind of fitting in today but uh, and i didn't i didn't do this on purpose it just is actually it's just all fitting together um the talent that you get and having a Diane Lane and having this count to elevate this material and be able to spend this kind of money on this talent, it's going to elevate these, these, these projects. Um, 
So I can't wait for this one, man. I cannot wait for Why the Last Man. Um, yeah, I was so excited. I thought, oh, okay, what's coming out next year? It's like September. So I've got this. I've got many scenes of, of Newark coming out. i got Dune. i got Matrix. Um, there's the, the Hawkeye series. There's, um, there's so much. There's so much. I think what I'm going to probably do, if, and again, please be honest with me. Please be honest. I, I need in the comments because I, I don't want to waste your time if you didn't have a, a, a good time with this, this show today. If you didn't enjoy this one, then I won't do this again. But if not, if you, if you did enjoy it, and, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, come on over to YouTube and let me know or tweet at me, at Christian Harloff. Um, I'm curious if you guys, what I will do, and I give you, and I, I, will, I will go and I watch, like, whether it's the, the Suicide Squad or The Thing, finally, and maybe just for the full episode, just talk about that movie, spoiler review, it's been out long enough now, or The Thing, full episode, spoiler review, and just bullshit myself. And just talk with you guys like this. It's in a weird mood today. Just, you know, you get in those like bummed moods. I was in a bummed mood. I feel better now. I don't know why. Just talking to you guys. Um, yeah, it was in a, you, get, you just, you know, you have one of those down days. I was in a down day. Just walking around. I was listening to some music. And I was like, yeah. And just being able to, I was like, you know, I'm just going to do what I, uh, what, what that comment was talking about. I was structure this one out today. And see how it plays, but I need your feedback, and I'm and I'm cool with it. If you're like, yeah, this was a fun one-off, but let's let's make sure that the focus is always having more people, more guests. If you do this once a year, cool. If you do it once a month, awesome. If you do it once a week, great. I don't know. I listen to you guys, so let me know and tweet at me too if you if you dug it. And I, I really, I'd like to go back and forth. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet back at you. We'll have a conversation. Um, before I go, once again, please, the, the link for cuts is in the description of this video. So make sure you do that. Get that 15% off. You will thank me for it. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of that. That's really what helps on this show. We have the com. So many great things on September 12th. If you want, if you've been to any of the Cantina shows, the Scum and Villainy Cantina shows, this is massive. Ethan Irwin, the reigning movie trivia showdown champion, will be facing Lady Justice Marisol McKee. If Marisol McKee wins the championship, she'll be the first woman to ever win the singles championship. She'll be the first African American to ever win the singles championship. She is the first woman to play for the championship since Clark Wolf in 2018. Um, I would love for you guys to be there for this historic event. You can get tickets at theschmodownlive.com. There will be other three matches that will be happening, probably round two matches of the tournament. There will be some big stars from the Schmodown that will be playing in those matches. You should get those tickets today. Um, and we have a lot of great stuff happening, man. New York, we're going to be in New York on October 9th for the Schmodown. But on October 8th, myself and Mark Ellis are going to be doing stand-up comedy. I'm doing, I'm doing comedy for the first time, like a full-on set in a long time. The, you can get tickets at MarkEllisLive.com, I believe. Or MarkEllis.Live. MarkEllis.Live. And then it's spectacular. It's our WrestleMania, man. It's December uh, 6th or December 4th. December 4th, whatever that Saturday is. Sorry, my head's off. And that's ShmoDownLive.com. So, and last but not least, today at, two, at 3 p.m., Steph Sabra and myself are going to be doing a deep dive on Sith Council, on The Phantom Menace, a rewatch. How does it tie into any of the upcoming shows at all? Does it hold up? Does it not hold up? What's the fun moments, things that we forgot? All of that. 
Check it out today, everybody. And uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm, I'm glad that you stuck around, and, uh, and I look forward to your feedback. I appreciate it, and we'll see you on the flip side. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 